Hi, this is Stephen Piercy from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to Brando on Appetite for Distortion. is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 231. My name is Brando. Super excited for today's episode. Every, I feel like every week I'm just surprised about who comes on this Guns N' Roses themed bar mitzvah party of a broadcast where we look at life through, uh, through Guns N' Roses colored glasses, uh, six degrees of GNR bacon and, and just how far we're, we keep going because there's just not a lot of Guns N' Roses, uh, new material to talk about. You know, the, the pinball machine, sure, Slash is doing some uh, new collaborative work. Great. But overall, what is there to talk about? But every week it seems like we're talking about it with somebody special, somebody cool. And today is no different, so I want to jump right in. Today, Stephen Piercy from Rat joins us. Wow. Hey, Stephen. Hello. Hello, Brandon. Stephen Piercy from Rat. Awesome. How are you, Stephen? How are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing quite well. I appreciate uh, you taking some time out today to speak with me. Sure. Where are you calling from, if you don't mind me? Los Angeles. Okay, I gotcha. I'm assuming, would you be home right now? I'm assuming not before, like, how are you handling it? I guess just to get right into it. I mean, it's the big elephant in the room is quarantine, you know, being home. Yeah, right. Well, look, we're taking it seriously, but, you know, we don't stop functioning normally. I mean, you know, I'm pretty much uh, writing all the time and, and stuff anyway, so I'm pretty much locked in anyway or in the studio or something. Um, so it's, it, it, it really hasn't had an effect other than, you know, it's tougher to get in the studio. And, uh, but now there's plenty of ways to, to record. So there's no need to worry about that. I mean, I can do vocals, lead vocals on a track right now, sitting in bed, laying in bed you know, <laughs> right? on the laptop. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. And yeah. And, you know, there's no shows that are thorough shows yet. Um, I'll be announcing a solo show, and we'll get to that uh, soon enough. But no, we're pretty much hanging in. You know, it, it's had an effect, but it's our normal days are pretty much, you know, input anyway. Well, it's good this, that you don't seem too derailed. That like, where what what were the plans going into this year? Because I know how busy you are. We're obviously going to get into that. But was there anything mm-hmm. specific that you're like? Oh man, 2020, what did you do to me? I know. Well, we were going to, the band Rat was going to um, go into auditions for a rhythm guitar player and okay. try to record a song or two and, and welcome in the new year. <clears throat> but there's no time to do that. So we'll now um, you know, put that on the back burner until you know, everything is really back in, in, into the norm. But as far as me and my solo career, um, I've been working on uh, my sixth solo record for the last year and a half, ready to go, ready to go and record it. And I'm also releasing a legacy record of songs from my career, 70, 1977 till 2021. Wow. And so I've got a lot on the plate and a lot of other business things that music oriented. So I'm good here and, uh, and we'll see what happens, you know, cause I was, everything will be back to normal soon. I mean, I was going to ask, and you kind of answered it, that you've been working on this new solo record for a year and a half. If yeah. a solo record kind of came out of not being able to recruit a new member for, for rat and connect with your bandmates, but it sounds like you've just been working on it for, for a while and, and um, now you have more yeah. time to work on it, I guess, since you're not also mm-hmm. focused on rat. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm always prepared to, to, to do rat 
music and but if there's you know if my uh partner is sees no you know if he's not into it then i just switch tracks and you know move on move forward what's the biggest so right now everything's on hiatus then what's the, the biggest difference for you writing something for rat and then you writing something for solo for steven piercy well i, I have a great writing partner eric Ferentino has been in my solo band for God, 15 years off and on. And, um, you know, we, we pretty much the last, the last solo record, uh, uh, or the last two smash and view to a thrill, um, were pretty much him and I, as this new record will be. Um, so we're pretty, uh, pretty tied into that at this moment. The difference is anything I write for myself or just write period is thought of as rat music. And, and I pretty much bring it. If I know it's really rat sounding and has that schematic, then I'll bring it to, to you know, the only partner here left is one. So, uh, and if there's no, you know, interest in recording from the guy, then I just move forward and record it for me. But I do have, I just released a song called All That I Want uh, a few months back. That was supposed to be written for Rat. And it didn't happen. We didn't get in the studio before we went on the road last summer. That's how old that song is, but it's new. It's still a new song. Um, I just recorded it solo and put it out just so people have something to listen to until I get the solo record um, finished. But it's written, ready to go. Um, wow. So I pretty much anything I, I write, people expect it to be rad. Or why am I not writing rap music? It's like, well, I do all the time. There's nothing I can do. And, and it takes me away from that, uh, you know, that entity rat so to speak. I mean, it's my voice. I mean, you know, with my other band projects and things that I've done, people are like, well, that's way outside way, you know, but I want it to be, there's only so many, there's a certain, uh, schematic, like I say, uh, with rat. So if the music, uh, you know, I don't think it suits rat and then I'll definitely run with it. Cause I love writing and experimenting and, trying different things, being real heavy and being real, you know, just trying different things. So it's all good. At the end of the day, for me, it's all good. Uh, no matter where the songs go, to be Rat solo here. But I, I pretty much offer them to the band, my, my band Rat first, obviously. And if it doesn't go down, then I, sure, I'll keep them for me, you know. It's all about the forward progression for you, whether it's Rat, whether, whether it's solo, and you mentioned it before. So you've been add it mm -hmm. um you're talking about your, your compilation album that's coming out uh legacy legacy, legacy. uh 1977 is that the Seven, i started yeah my first band uh the first real band mickey rat in san diego which was you know how rat started pretty much so i moved us up to la in 1980 but from 78 uh till 80 god late 82 it was mickey mm -hmm. rat and then Rat in 82, 83, forward, and then take it from there. I mean, it, it's just, it blows me away. And I, I got to be honest, because you're such a down-to-earth person. I think that's why people relate to your music, and you've been so successful for so long. So, my, the you're welcome. Uh, my As much as like I, I'm into the 80s metal and you know Rat and, and Guns N' Roses and Molly Crew. My girlfriend will, will like them. She's more of like a Dave Matthews, you know, kind of a indie folk uh -huh. person. But we 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 both like the Beatles. That's where we bonded. However, I some I always get kind of you know, proud when she knows who I'm interviewing. You know, like oh, I, was, I, 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 I kind of want to test her her knowledge, her rock knowledge at times. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, do cool. you know of of the band Rat? And she usually surprises me. I, I probably um, she probably get mad if she listens to it because I kind of maybe a uh, seller short with some things that she knows, but she said, Oh rat. Uh, yeah. From the Geico commercial, you know, round and round. <laughs> so I guess from the Geico commercial. I know. So there's a couple things to ask. Cause we were just talking about, you know, 1977, how long you've been doing this and mm -hmm. you know, 
we're both 37. I don't look at it as that as an excuse because I know of Rad, of course. How do you feel, yeah. I guess, that people are, dis- you know, discover? I have another friend that said the same thing. Oh, Rat from the commercial. You wow. Know? So <laughs> how does that make yeah, you feel? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, um, for someone who's been doing it for so long to like, you know, and it's not like it's a 10-year-old maybe. Like, oh, I saw this. I don't know. People, people are still discovering you in this unique mm-hmm. way. Yeah, that is really, that is a really a very cool thing that people are still discovering us. And like you say, through the Geico commercial, I mean, that's crazy. Um, I tell the story of this elderly woman who walks, um, around my block here and stuff, my neighbor, next door neighbor. And I walk my dog. So we run into each other and she asked me one day if I was, did a commercial. I said, yes. And she says, you have a lot of energy. (laughs) <laughs> I'm fooling you. I'm fooling you, but thank you. So even she knew, you know, uh, recognized, but it, it's great to have, uh, people still discovering us. And like you say, through Geico, it, it, there's a lot of it, matter of fact, it, it, that song charted again around uh second, uh, uh top 20. Yeah. She started singing the song after it wasn't just like, Oh, I remember them from the commercial and it ended. She started singing round and round. So, and I'll spare you. You know, I'm not going to sing for you. That is great. So <laughs> it is great. And I, 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 the commercial was so well, well received because it's funny. Yeah. And while you're still creating new music and stuff, it's kind of sure. why, and it's, it's, it's my segue into this podcast theme. Instead of being just another rock talk or talking just about rock and roll, I have this Guns yeah. N' Roses theme. And the reason, part of the reason why uh, behind it is that I could talk to anybody and they'll know GNR songs. If they're just like, they'll know uh, Sweet Child of Mine, they'll, they'll know Paradise City. Round and Round uh, is becoming like that as well. So I think it's just a nice place for everybody to meet on these bands. So I kind of just go through, the, uh, through that, common, that common theme. So as I continue to go through that, that theme, and I think some people forget about how uh-huh. long you've been doing it. Um, yeah, I, I forget sometimes too. Actually, I put a picture <laughs> out of me. I, I'm going to end up putting out this coffee table book next year, you know, because I find these old photos of me like I actually found one and I put it up and I was on crutches still. And that's, I started playing because somebody gave me a guitar in the hospital. So when I got out, immediately, obviously started playing, practicing. And, and there's a picture of me on crutches and, and I'm looking on the back of the picture and I'm like, I guess I started playing guitar earlier than I thought, which was true. Cause in my book, I thought it was, I was 15. I was actually 13. Um, so oh, wow. I just, it's just, I don't think about it. And I, ne- and I never have, uh, how long I've been doing it. Sometimes I do, you know, but I just, just, I like what I do. I like writing songs and it doesn't matter who with, I can sit with anybody and write a song. Whether it's a hit, nobody knows that. Whether you put it out there, it's another thing. You know, there's so many songs I have that we rats never put out. Hopefully one day we'll release them. Um, and the same with me. I've got hundreds and hundreds of songs just, you know, sitting in tapes. Every format of tape you can think of from back then. Because <laughs> you've Quarter seen... Inch, half inch, I can't imagine. Track, four track. Because you've yeah. seen, you've played, you've played a lot, you've seen a lot. And I guess I'm, I'm focusing on, I think people like forget because obviously on this podcast theme, we talk about the sunset strip a lot and mm-hmm. you, you're kind of one of the, you were there before the sunset strip became the strip, right? Like, like, do you, do you well, remember I, forming? I LA. Well, I, I started, I'm from LA. So when I moved uh, to San Diego from LA, which is 1971, and then I got in this wreck in like 70. Three, I guess, something like that, three or something. Anyway, um, oh, I know what I was going to tell you. Anyway, so I put this picture out, right? Some fan gave me shit about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I told him, I don't know, I, you want to look at the back of a photo? You know, pretty much shut the fuck up. But anyway, uh, so I forget, but. What was the photo that they got mad at? It was of me standing there with a guitar another guitar I got because I used to grab a guitar. I mean, not too many people know that I play guitar. Not too many people know that I wrote that whole EP. 
except for you think you're tough with Robin and, and I just write songs. That's what I do. I don't think of it like, uh, it's a chore or, I mean, it's more of a chore getting, you know, my guys to write and record than it is for me. That's why I do what I do. I'm not just going to let these songs, you know, just dissipate or disappear in my head and then think about this riff years from now. I put it down right away on a cassette or whatever if I'm playing. So I'm always writing. It's just what I've done since day one is write my own songs. Day one, when I learned chords, I started writing my own songs. Uh, I didn't. I learned other songs too, of course, because you had to be a cover band to get a gig or mm. whatever backyard party or something. You know. So it's all good, you know. So but I forget sometimes, and and and. Uh, but when I write, it goes wherever it's going to go. You could be arguably a songwriter first. So I guess that yeah. also, that goes along with my my thought process is and if a you're, guitar player first. Well, yeah, you're playing. Your, I want to. Here, I'll answer mm-hmm. your question. Okay. In, in 1970, when I moved to uh, uh, San Diego and I started playing mid-70s, uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine, it's in my book too, uh, 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 kept telling me to see this band in L.A. called Van Halen because mm. he was a guitar player too. And and I was just starting to get it. And you've got to see this band. you got to see this band. And that was uh, early 78. So I missed their uh, Gazzari's days and stuff, but he said they're playing the whiskey. And I finally went and saw him, met Ed, Ed became friends. And, you know, uh, that's what made me move up to Los Angeles in 1980. You know, seeing uh, Van Halen just kicking ass at the whiskey and knowing they were going to be huge. You know, I knew they were going to blow up, blow up. Can you so. talk about, uh, since we're on the subject, and that was, I was going to bring that up as well since you came up around the same time as Van Halen. Can you talk about Eddie Van Halen? Um, I, don't, I don't know what sure. relationship that you guys have or just your, your thoughts on, on, on Eddie and, uh, well, unfortunately his passing. Yeah. Well, it was a good, he was a, he was a good friend. I mean, you know, like I say, back in the day when we first met and it was, I mean, they were often running, uh, for, I guess, doing the big clubs for a year or two, 77, eight. Uh, before they got their deal. But, you know, I was a guitar guy, and there he was. I met uh, David Lee Roth first, and I all I wanted to do was meet Ed because I, I knew I was going to uh, sing, but I didn't know in what capacity. So I always played, played the guitar. So we traded equipment with Ed, and I did, and, and then I introduced Robin and some friends, and we just became friends, you know trading gear you know it's my being a guitar player first um as far as passing i think it's it's terrible um a lot of uh cohorts musicians have fallen to that and it's unfortunate um but he's uh i mean what can you say that hasn't been said about the man already right you know he did redefine uh, uh, how the electric guitar was going to be played in the 80s forward um, because they, Van Halen sure, sure introduced a lot of, uh, 80s bands to the big rock, I call it. And they called it that, you know, that kind of a group, you know, uh, think big. So Ed, Ed is, uh, he was an amazing guy besides a guitar player. I mean, it wasn't all music when we got together. We talk about other shit, shoot the shit, you know? But when it came to gear and equipment, yeah, we were, it was very cool to, to know them, to hang and, and be a part of that. And, uh, you know, believe me, his legacy will live on. Did you also, sure. uh, exp- I'm assuming you did, and experience Quiet Riot coming up in the early. Oh, yeah, yeah. So can you there talk about, bands. yeah, can you talk yeah, about um, the, the Frankie stuff, Nelly, sure. another Same. legend we lost? Correct. Yeah, well, back, I mean, that's why I was, what I, I, I liked about driving up to, to L.A., you know, I'd see these bands. There was a band called The White that was really good back in the 70s, mid-70s, too, in L.A. There was Quiet Riot, there was Van Halen, there was uh, a, a ton of them. Uh, Venice, a band called Venice, uh, just a ton of bands. 
And, you know, only a few survived. And um, I came into the picture later because I moved the band up in 1980. But I knew that's where I had to be. But there were so many bands. Another band called The Orange, Mm. which was really good, too, back in the day. And I got a chance to see all of these guys. But pretty much when I saw Van Halen, that was it. It was like, this is the real shit. Nobody has ever seen this before. It was like Led Zeppelin on teenage steroids (laughs) or something, you know, just off and running. It was unbelievable. And as everybody found out, you know, a lot of good bands back then. So for you to experience that, then of course your, your own success with Rat shortly after, then in Mm. comes that, you know, I I don't use it as a a negative term. I I, I don't know if you're offended by it. And I guess that's part of the question. It's hair metal. Hair metal. metal. I I guess I'm I'm sure you've been asked this as well, but if, if you can just, I don't know your response. Like, does that bother you that that term? Because we talked. You know, you're such a songwriter. You know, I never looked at yeah. Rat as a hair metal band. You were always, you know, out of the cell, cell yeah. literally. You know, literally. Uh, right. Well, but, we, I mean, look, everybody. You look. We knew Robin and I when we were creating this this thing. You know, our look and image and this. We had to. It was it was a thought out process. It wasn't like oh, okay. All we wanted to do was not be like everybody else. Motley, because we were hanging with Motley in the early stages and stuff, and and you know we just didn't want to be. We started out as the leather clad wannabe guys, the metal guys, but the hair metal thing. Just call me what you want to call it. I really don't care. Just pay me, you know, <laughs> or enjoy it or something. Get something out of it. But I, I, I like you know back in the day when I moved us up here, Mickey Rat into rat actually beginning of rat i called the band fashion metal mm. okay and then i called it stun rock stun rock okay <laughs> so i'll take the fashion metal tag any day over the hair metal because hair metal i mean you got long hair everybody's that i mean come on it just stuck but then again it, it justifiably it stuck because once motley and the rats and everybody else you know uh, uh, set our ground and established ourselves. That's when you had the hair metal dudes, per se. You know what I mean? Every band was looking the same: big hair, big eyes, big makeup. You know. Uh, then it became justifiable to say hair metal. I mean, it's it's almost like. Let me put it this way: I mean, what's it supposed to mean? Hair metal first. You know what I mean? I think people just think of, and again, I don't even think of the big bands. I think of just all the bands that didn't make it that were documented Correct. in uh, Decline of Western Civilization. That Yes, I, that's how exactly I think, just right? like you. Yeah, I think just like that, because I say, when people say that, I go, don't put us in that category. I don't give a shit what you call me, you know, but don't put us in that category of these people because, you know, we were here first. <laughs> right. It's that. It's like Van Halen and those guys were there first. And then we were pretty much second tier, which became the first in the 80s, early 80s, you know, 82, 81, 83. Once Us Festival happened, forget it, doors were open, you know. Then how did you feel? Because it's, again, we're we're catching up now to 20, almost 2021, where you're going to have new music. You're going through Mm -hmm. another era in a way, because a lot of people look at Guns N' Roses as somebody who helped you know, usher in a new era of rock. So I guess I'm with this appetite for distortion GNR theme. What did you feel about Guns and <laughs> Guns and Roses uh, coming up? What were well, your impressions of them? Well, <laughs> and that's an interesting one too because I I met Stephen Adler, Stevie, uh, when they were just starting out clubbing, right? Mm-hmm. And that was after, just a little after Tracy Guns left the band. Um, but then I met, uh, ran into Stevie, met him. We became friends, and he was blown away by what I accomplished. I'm like, it's no big deal. I mean, look, you know, you work hard, you get it. And he'd come over all the time. And I remember the day, I went and saw him once at the Troubadour, and I was like, okay, they're good. You know, they're good. That's all I could say about them. All right. Uh, you know, I didn't, I'm sure they didn't think they were going to be 
you know, introduced to the world and that big of a, uh, a deal. But I'd hang out with Stevie and, and he'd go, man, I just, you know, want to get a record out and this and that. I remember he came over to my house with that cassette, right? Okay. Appetite, played it for me. The first thing I said to him is, you guys are going to be fucking huge. Hmm. And he's like, no, man, no, you know, we got to get the tuber. You want to go? <laughs> and I'm thinking, little do you know, you know, I've already been there and done it per se. This was around 1986, seven, I guess they came out. Yeah. Around there when I met him and I just knew it. I, I knew it. I just, I heard it just the same as Bon, bon Jovi. We knew they were going to break poison the same way when they opened up first. The reason they opened up for us is because Brett was hanging around with me. Uh, you know, I kind of became friends. I don't know how. And I went to all the bands, told Robin about them and we needed a band to open up. And I went, there's something about this band. I don't know what it is, but this guy keeps bugging me to open up a show mm-hmm. and the band's called poison and they never did, but, you know, they eventually did open up for us in uh, uh, the Invasion tour. Oh, no, that was uh, Bon Jovi. The later tour, Dancing Undercover, they did. And they toured with us, and that's how they broke. Um, so it's pretty interesting. You know, like we called that one, too. We knew there was something going on with that band. But if he didn't harass me as much as he did, you know, have my band open up for you. Give us a chance. Come on, come on. Well, I did. <laughs> I went to our guys and said, hey, let this band play a show with us. See what happens. So they did a big show with us. And the rest is history. Put it this way. That tour was Cheap Trick. It was Poison, Cheap Trick, and Rat. Wow. By not even the quarter way through, they were getting a buzz, uh, poison, and they were out selling Cheap Trick. And Cheap Trick went to us, man, you know, uh, we're going to pull out of here because we can do our own thing. This band's kind of blowing up. We're not going to open up for them. And that's what happened. Mm. We moved Poison up in the tier and brought in like, uh, I don't know, one of these Britney Fox bands or Great White or Lita or somebody, you know. Uh, we liked having, you know, one thing about Rat, which a lot of people don't give us credit for, even the bands who opened up for us, you know, you call it giving them a chance or whatever. They don't even bring it up. And it's like, motherfuckers, <laughs> you wouldn't have a fucking gig, man, you know. <laughs> No, I'm. I agree with so, you. I'm all about giving credit where it's due and thanking people who've helped me along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter yeah, where. Yeah, even you're Bon Jovi. At. Even Bon Jovi doesn't like to mention too much, but you know, fans do bring it to their attention. Uh, didn't you open up for them? <laughs> that, to me, if that would give you credit, that would make me feel like street cred that I opened up for Rat. If I'm Bon Jovi, who's just so far removed from mm-hmm. the rock scene at this point, you know. And we knew they were going to break too. We knew it too. When you know, we picked bands. We we kind of Robin and I, our manager and agents. We we kind of went through this. You know, you got to see this band. You got to see this band. Because I was always out on the on the stuff, always looking at bands, always trying to see what was going on. You know, and I still do. And the last I don't know how many last decades, there ain't been shit that's come out of this town. You know. And even the bands that are happening, I don't think that are, are that happening, you know. And then when you say rock is dead, all this other crap that's been going on, it makes me think, what are you, serious? You know, our kind of music, call it classic, call it whatever you want now. I love it. The fact that we've hung out this long, 36 years, is, uh, you know, and as dysfunctional as a band we were <laughs> and <laughs> still are. Right. You know, as most rock bands are, you know, success can kill you. And it either does that or it or it ends your career somehow, you know, well, rat can't be exterminated, no pun intended. So <laughs> right. uh, but uh yeah, you know, so that's that. But it's interesting to bring up the Geico commercial because it really did do a lot for uh reintroducing the band to new new folks, you know. I I love it because I would I wanna see more bands that I like in more pop culture references. It's enough of, you know, I see hip hop artists selling McDonald's, Snoop Dogg is in everything. 
You know, I, it right. makes it makes me happy seeing, you know, when uh like Eddie Money when but you know a couple years ago, of course, when he did the the two tickets thing for what was it hotels dot com or something like that. But I like seeing rockers in uh you know my TV on my commercials because it's like okay, I'm not the only one because <laughs> yeah, and then you know also doing cameos. You know, I mean, I did my fair share of you know I did a B thing and I did this and I this wasn't the right time but the fact that you know you can see I mean Eddie Money on uh, a TV show guesting on King of Queens you know yeah, he he did hires, a lot. they come into a bunch of money and they hire him to play a song two tickets to paradise over <laughs> and over again <laughs> at the <laughs> living room brilliant you know uh, which is uh I mean, it's all good. Look, all I am is a defender of the faith. That's all I am. I play, I started this band, created this band. It is what it is, is what it was. But I've always done different projects and wanted to work on different music. You know, I know what rap music is. I write it. I wrote it. You know, I still do. But when I get into other kinds of music and and my guys are gonna go you fucking nuts that's not rat well then i have an outlet for it and i can be creative you know um because i'm always writing i mean any given time i'll just go upstairs turn the plug in the guitar and push record and away i go which Get is back to it later. All and, you can ask for as, as a fan for, you know, their, their singer <laughs> to, to write and want to perform and then find ways to, to put things out. And I know I can't keep mm-hmm. you here uh, forever. I wish I could. So I guess on that, yeah. on that thought, you know, and I talking, mean, look at some of your own band members don't want to work these days. They don't well, think yeah. they have to write new music. They don't think, you know, you could live off your, per se legacy and you can play these cover songs i mean play your songs uh classic rock and which it is now and and believe me it's a very good thing what we've accomplished and but it's nice to have just an outlet just to play a lot of people my peers from these 80s things they don't think they need to do records they don't think records are important some of my own guys like you know I can honestly say my bass player, Juan, doesn't think it's important. But to me, it's like music is always important. It doesn't, records nowadays don't even have to sell 50,000 copies to be top 10. You know, a lot of these new bands, which this topic has come up with me many times, a lot of these new bands will never, ever uh, get the opportunity to have a, you know, uh, uh, two double, I mean, a platinum album, let alone a multi-platinum album. And now with everything the way it is, you know, uh, a lot of these, a lot of uh, musicians and bands and stuff should really start appreciating what's, what's really gifted to them and given to them and uh, keep things creative and, and moving forward. Uh, otherwise, you get what we got. Then let me a ask lot of you. Bands that sound the same. <laughs> so let me ask you, and you, <laughs> and you don't have to. And I know you've been, you know, sure. so you're so honest and nice. But you, I always give all my guests, like, if you don't want to answer it, say pass, because sure. you're, you're touching on what is sensitive to uh, a theme for my my listeners, and that's, you know, Guns and Roses not putting out new music. And, and we don't, uh-huh. and you're updating fans. You know, we want to get updates from Axel or, you know, well, Slash and Duff do new stuff. The, the, the details about Gina are very few and far in between. So mm-hmm. I guess your, your thoughts on, because you've also dealt with uh, rat naming problems. Uh, we don't have to get mm-hmm. into specifics uh, there. So how do you f- feel or what have you thought over the years about when it was Guns N' Roses, Axel, and whether it's Buckethead or Robin Fink, but it wasn't the classic lineup, the one, the one that you met. And then now they can tour, you know, it's the fourth uh, most successful tour of all time, a band that you, yeah. you know, you were along with, and they're not putting out new music. You give a thought on that? Again, you could say pass Well, I can want. answer that. <laughs> okay. I can answer that. Yeah, well, some people are lazy, number one. 
okay. musicians. They want to live off their, their, their laurels, their past successes or whatever. That's all fine and dandy. That's their trip. I live a whole another world. No better, no worse. No more successful or sucking. Uh, so we'll put that out there. But, you know, I find bands that don't want to do that just, I don't know, not inspiring to even their own selves or, or their audience. And because I know a lot of bands and, and people, they just don't think it's important. Like my bass player is not breaking down any, you know, walls trying to get music out with me for rat. And I can say it because I'm the one that's uh, having to end up doing a solo record and the songs sound like rat because I know people want to hear new music and I happen to be the singer guy. And, and, but you literally can just be a jukebox is what you're saying. Right. Just going through the motions and the people still want to, you know, I want more than that. When, when you reform, yeah. when you got back with rat, yeah, the legacy yeah. was great, but we yeah, want to hear the, the, the people in the band does don't matter. After a while, it's just a marquee. It's a proven fact. Okay, unless you're a lead singer guy going out there or an Ed Van Halen guitar player or a, a Buckethead who's amazing. I love him. Mm-hmm. And uh, all those guys are great. I mean, there's so many great players. But I mean, look, um, in our band right now, Rat, hey, look, I'm honest. You have two original guys. And uh, at one time you had three. At one time you had five. You had four. Uh, now it's down to two. People just want to hear the songs. Mm. You know, they just want to hear the songs. That's all they want to do and maybe see some commotion up there or something. You know, uh, what they hear about you. Well, let's see if he falls off the stage, you know. Uh, <laughs> living up you know to a think? certain uh, aura or uh, just living up to your your persona and I'm just trying to like, Oh, is he going to be late or is he going to, you know, act, you know, he's going to show up drunk or something like that. Just trying to. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Uh. that's interesting. You're right. That is an interesting uh, subject, but I I just think it, look, it's It's not holding you back. A lot of people, like you said, you you said you'd hit the nail on the head when you said Geico commercial, people are discovering us from the Geico commercial. They don't know that the guy's playing in the band. And I'm being honest here. It's my band, you know, uh, they don't know it's no Robin. That's not Robin or Bobby or drummer or, or, you know, Warren. They don't know, you know, unless yeah. they're a real mega fan and they want to go, they'll take it as they get it. And there's a lot of people who are like that. They could give a shit if there's one guy or two guys, but they're hoping the singer's the same, you know? Right. Unless yeah. you're an iconic guitar player guy like a Warren D. Martini or a Ed or a, you know, slash or whoever, then it's okay. You're accepted. You know, it's acceptable. But, you know, on, on the other, uh, the other end, I think people, you know, I don't know about some other, I can just speak for myself. You know, I like being updated. I'd like to show that there's still some music out there, you know, that you yeah. can still create and people will like it. It doesn't have, I, I could give a shit if my record's, you know, sell a hundred or a hundred million as long as it does something for me. And at the end of the day, somebody else likes it. You know, I've had the, you know, it's great having a success with music and this and that, but it, eventually some people, it's a little different. That's not what just matters. You know, to me, that's not all that matters is, you know, uh, I like to keep creating. I like to let people know there's more there, you know, uh, yes, there's more music in us, you know, but you, when I can't do it with my band, the rat, I just go do it on my own. And I'm very comfortable with that, you know, but I get what you, I get what you're saying, you know, but when you're around that long, like a, 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 a GNR now, or you're a rats or Motley's, you know, you can just play your catalog and people will love it. Why the need to go into the studio and try to perfect or, or beat the best record? We never go into a, a recording or record going, we're going to you know, sell 50 million this time. You just do the best you can, mm. you know, and that's all you can do. I think it's and inspiring it's, what, what you're talking uh, about. It's, I think it's inspiring because 
you're somebody that, and, and, and the commercial is, is showing it, you know, it, you can rest on your laurels if you want to, you know, you can, yeah. you can just tour on that if you want to, but you as a mm. songwriter, as a guitar player, you're like, okay, that's cool. I, I'm not, sure. I'm not ashamed of, uh, you know, the, the person, you know, the girl that I took to the dance. I'm not ashamed of that, but yeah. I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving forward. I'm experimenting. I'm still putting out my, my voice and uh, my feelings out there. And if you like it, great. Oh, if you don't, okay. You know what I mean? I, I, hey, that's it. And then, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but there are far and few because I see it. A lot of people don't. I mean, I, you know, when, when you got these other, uh, uh, put it this way, there's, uh, you know, you get into the hair metal, you call it. If you're going to categorize it, those kind of bands, uh, there's still a, a, a handful of them that are still creating. Tom Kiefer will put out a record. Yeah, for Cinderella, he's been on the But show. it ends up being solo. But it's a Cinderella fucking record. <laughs> and Fred Coy's a real good friend of mine, you know? Sure. And and put it this way, any songs that end up on a solo record could have been rap songs. I mean, I wrote a couple songs, and specifically, if you look for it, the one I was talk, uh, mentioning to you, go on my side, it's up there. It sounds like rap. And if, I, and if rap really put its, you know, pause into the song, it could have really been a rap song. And I offered it up, but you know, if you got somebody in the band that really that does your own band, that's like, no, not right now. Well, all that does number one, piss me off. Number two, it makes me want to go be more creative with somebody else. You know. So, what is the immediate? I know we talked about what's you're, you're coming out with a, a new solo record and the the legacy yeah. album. Are there any? Yeah. Um, those are two, uh, we're excited about those. But are there any dates you can give us, or maybe a bar, ballpark when we can expect them? Well, I'm mid mid uh, 2021, and I'm also putting out a, a, a photo and a personal photo storytelling kind of a coffee table book, mm. and I also want to get a lyric book out there. I have so many uh, lyrics of songs that I've never really uh, actually put to uh, on, you know, had recorded so i'd like some of these things to be seen so as far as shows um i'm going to be doing something hopefully new year's eve okay. if it's if it's going to go down on new year's it, it uh you might have to get back to me on that but yeah i okay. plan on going out <laughs> doing some i plan on going out and doing some solo shows getting the record getting those two records the legacies records easy um the solo record's done. It just needs to go in there, tighten up some lyrics before I get in the studio. And that'll happen uh, sooner than later. And, you know, I, I ride on the road, too. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's so many ways to, to, to do what you need to do. It boggles my mind when some musicians uh, can't even, you know, get their ass, to, you know, shit together to... I don't know. To me, there's no excuse to not do what you what you were supposed to be doing and what you wanted to do in the first place. Write your own songs and be successful. You know, I I, I, I don't know. need a fucking pat on the back. You know. Just, uh, yeah. Oh my God, you're you're. I wish you. I wish every singer was this easy. You know, this transparent, this easy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Thanks. Uh, I guess sometimes the, yeah. the, the mystery <laughs> adds to it, I guess. I yeah, right. But, I mean, look, I, I'm being very honest. Look, we're, most rock bands, especially successful, are dysfunctional. And we were no different than still, probably not even with two guys. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I have options. And, you know, if I can't get it done here, I'll do it there. And I only do it because it, it's what I do. It's fulfilling exciting you know i want people to hear you know something different from me and then i have another song that i have out there now too and i'm I'm actually wrote like three four songs and recorded them and put them out there not really really you know out of the seller style recording records or whatever um but they're great songs and i'm at the end of the day i'm gonna probably put an ep out called the covid tape you know? <laughs> okay all right. 
because they're it. just songs that are sitting around that I want people to hear. Why not? You know, you're right. Why not? Because uh, why not? I, I'll never. It's it's now embedded in my brain. Uh, the recent quote from Brian Johnson that uh, mm. the 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 NDAs and non disclosure agreements about the new album was turning him into a liar, and he hated it. <laughs> and it's just like uh, he just wants to put out music just like you. You know, it's so I, I admire mm-hmm. I admire guys uh, like you again who've had success and are just enjoying the process of being an artist uh, going forward. And I'm gl- and I'm glad. Obviously, COVID hasn't uh, slowed you down, and I hope it hasn't affected any of your friends or family. Um, Stephen, I mean, I can't thank you enough for your for your your time today. Honestly, well, I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. And you know, anybody who wants to see what I'm doing, there's officialstephenpiercy.com, and there's also theratpack.com. Uh, you'll see the songs up there, the ones I'm going to put the COVID EP on uh, songs on, and. And, uh, you know, it's all good. COVID or no, no COVID. It could be worse. You know, the way I look at it is in everything, actually, which gives me this kind of um, direction is you just got to keep thinking it's always worse for somebody else somewhere else, you know. That's true. It's, it's sad. So you're true. very lucky if you can if you can write songs, kick around, but if you choose just to play your old shit and be that character and people come see you like they do us and whatever and every other band, that's great too. But I need more than that. I, I don't I never rest on laurels. I'm nobody special, you know, because hey I walk my dog just like anybody else, <laughs> you know. So it's to me, it's just music. People make too much of this shit, man. You know, right on. But I wish there were better bands out there coming out. There hasn't been in a long time. That's why people are so into, you know, uh, the eighties yeah. and and, mm. and for that matter, it's it, it was dangerous, colorful, exciting, and 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 way cool. You know, uh, so you can get away with. And that's okay too, you know. I agree. But Is the, yeah, that's okay too. The station, um, one of the stations I work at 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 iHeart, because I'm usually I was yesterday. I'm usually in a studio uh, in and uh, Tribeca, Queen, uh, Tribeca, New York. I'm in my apartment in Queens right now, doing the, the my mm. podcast from home. But yesterday I was mm. filling in for Q104.3 as the morning show producer, and it's a classic rock station, and their numbers keep going up and up and up. And it's, sure. it's for that, what you just said. I mean, there aren't a yeah. lot of, it's more of my gripes. I mean, uh, maybe I'm not finding them. It's hard to find new music, no. new, new exciting music these days. So you that's see, why you I- You know what? Yeah, yeah I got to tell you, you shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to do that. And, you know, I mean, look, Priest is doing a record. ACDC just did one. This COVID don't mean shit. Mm. Why should it derail your life and your livelihood? And your, I mean, granted, you can't go out and play, but it doesn't mean you can't do anything else. So that's it for that. But as far as what what, what we do, uh, without losing track of what you were just talking about now, um, Oh shoot! Hit is, on that again. Real is quick. there anyone like maybe you're listening to now that, or the last decade that may um, excite you at all? No, 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 mm. and not out of L.A. Especially if they're here, I don't care. But you see, I know what I was going to say. You shouldn't have to look for these bands. You shouldn't have to. They should just be there. And the bands that were getting attention here in L.A., a couple of locals or this other band that Zeppelin cover. Band, I don't know what they're called. Oh, uh, band uh, sausage or something. Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, there you go. Greta Van Snossage. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. People are trying. I mean, the radio is like, oh, this is the next best thing. Then you hear Plant going. Yeah, I remember a band uh, recording a record. I remember what, what? What did you say about that band? I remember recording the first Zeppelin record. <laughs> I know it, it sounds Classic. too similar. It, it it just does. I mean, there's nobody. There's nobody out there, and they blow up these bands, and and they have no longevity. Number one, and but then again, it's different. There's not as much struggle anymore. Nobody wants to struggle. That's true. To, to get to get there, they want it. They they want the easy way. 
You know, nothing's easy, really. You can seem that way. You can be the best guitarist in the world. doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Like, how many you know? years did it take you officially to when you started professionally to make in rat? Like, when you when you, when you uh, made it in rat? Yeah, well, you know, a couple high school bands or one, you know, I just sang. But I was a guitar player. And then when I saw Van Halen, I went, I got to just start singing. You know, I can't be playing guitar because I played guitar like Paul Stanley just kind of a thing, four piece Mickey Rat for years. And um and then I started dropping the Mickey and that's when I just started singing. You know, and got another guitar player. But um what was your question? How how and, like how many years? Like, because I'm again because well, people, people want 70, the instant famous, you know, the insta famous. Yeah, it, it was not instant, no. Right. We had to do a lot of work. But it was uh let's see, I moved to Austin when we moved to LA in nineteen eighty. So I mean look, I started playing in band San Diego, seventy seven, eight, nine, uh nineteen eighty. So God, I hate to say it, I'm old. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, are, that, that, I'm, I'm just re uh, repurposing your point is that people are not going to go out there and suffer if they're not famous in six months or something. They're like, right. oh, let me give up. And, and you, that's the problem. That yeah. has been the problem with these bands not being successful because they don't give them time themselves time to, to you know, learn. You've got to suffer. You've got to work. Nothing's easy. It wasn't easy. Do you know Rat was one of the last bands? This will blow your mind. Okay. Everybody was getting signed in, in the 80s, uh, 82, three, uh, three at the festival, per se. Everybody, great wide, this band, that band, that band. Rat was the last band to be signed from the strip. Hmm. And we were wondering, look, we're selling out shows two nights. Two shows a night here, you know, we can't even play any places because the audiences were getting big and we had no record deal. And it wasn't until, you know, Atlantic, uh, one of the guys said, you got to go out and see this band. And Doug Morrison is on the spot. He was no dummy, you know, but it didn't happen. You know, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting tale. Well, I'm, so I'm, I'm glad that you, you, you did keep going. And, you know, it's yeah. you're obviously still going into next year, which hasn't happened yet. So, uh, oh, I, yeah, I'm I, ready. I, I'm, I, I, I'm ready. For the game. <laughs> I'm ready for any game out there, man. <laughs> right on. I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm like a, 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 just a fucked up Boy Scout. Way <laughs> too prepared. Way too prepared. Right. Be prepared. Be prepared. I'm way prepared. I love it. You know, I, I, I love I love the struggle. You know, I appreciate the struggling days more than the successful ones. It was too easy, mm. you know? And then for somebody to go, here's a platinum debauchery card. Use it up. I'll give you another one for the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance of a second oh, book? Or you got it all yes, out the first time? Okay. Oh, you are. Okay. No, I need to because I didn't cover the music part. Of the of my career that I wanted to like the like the the Mickey Rat Rat family tree who's been in the band what we did you know because there's been a lot of people that come and gone in my band yeah you know that have been in other bands successful you know okay cool that's a lot of things so, on the way so that means we uh, hopefully we can do this again that I get to have you back when all these things are you know out in <laughs> circulation as they say. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say anytime, brother. You know, and if you can uh, shoot me uh, your uh, size and 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 uh, address, I'll get you out some swag, some solo swag, and oh yeah, and, and totally, whatever you got going. Oh wow! I'll give you uh, give you one of the solo records. I'll throw you. Throw, I'll, I'll give you a, a package of a bunch of stuff in there. Oh, cool! Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time, and yeah, as we said, we'll we'll do this again. And, and tell your girl I'll uh, sign up. I'll get her a photo. I'll put something on there. I'll write something on there. Like, like a her. glossy photo of uh, a screenshot of the Geico commercial signed. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That Geico commercial was really cool. I mean, we've done we've been in movies, Point Breaks, and this and that, and then Eddie Murphy, you know, this and that. But that commercial was just insane it was so fun and and so cool and it did a lot for us you know yeah it, uh, clearly kicked clearly. us back in the gear thank you steven no Again, problem brother there's a lot to unpack there a lot i'm gonna start to do this and i can't believe it's the first time i thought about 
doing this new segment on a podcast where we do an interview that just goes so much deeper than we thought. And we kind of have to have like unpack it a bit. We have to dissect it a little bit, especially things that I say that I, I kind of, you know, I don't want to belabor the point during the interview because it's about them. It's not about me. So maybe make this my time, my, my post interview segment in a way. And I just can't believe this, especially given the terrible soundbite it comes along with. How did I never think of doing my monologue before? Monologue. <laughs> I have a chemical imbalance. I really do appreciate those of you who have tweeted or however you can message me acknowledging the the soundbite, uh, just the soundbites in general or how last episode we had a, a listener, uh, Matt, on and he, he, just <laughs> he said he loved the names of uh, all the segments. So I, I appreciate it. So that keeps up with our Guns N' Roses theme. So now we have my monologue. And today I kind of wanted to, on this episode, I guess I should uh, specifically say, some things that I, I, I couldn't help but address with Stephen Piercy just now. And that was about needing to put out new music and not being held back by anything, not a pandemic, not bandmates, just putting it out. And Stephen is fortunate and he, and he he acknowledges it that he doesn't need to wait. He is the front man. And while the rest of us know, you know, all the players of the bands that we care about, you know, obviously Guns N' Roses, maybe you're not the biggest rat fan in the world. Maybe you're one of those people too. They can say, Hey, you know, is Steven Piercy a part of it? And you may not know the rest. Maybe you're one of those. So then you fall into, uh, Hey, he can go out and just put, make things. But he has the, it's cool that he knows like, okay, this is going to be rat. This is going to be solo. I just can't help. But we're all, if you're listening to this podcast, you can't help but think about, of course, the relation to Guns N' Roses. You know, Axel, maybe he could have put out Chinese Democracy under the Axel Rose name. Did it solo like Stephen Piercy? Or the fact that we haven't had new music in, since 2008, Chinese Democracy. And we keep hearing it. It's, it's more than uh, from... You know, even though I value their opinion, it's more than from uh, Richard Fortas and Dizzy Reed. When you're, you hear the good things are happening from Slash and Duff, it makes you more excited. It perhaps makes you more frustrated, especially, especially now when bands are still releasing new music. And if they're not, they're updating you about it. ACDC, as I'm putting out this episode, as I'm re recording it, are on the cusp of putting out a new album. They have a giant billboard. In New York City. And I just think about this whole process. I'm like, what if Guns N' Roses, they, they, they do things like this, like with Chinese democracy to a degree, I guess. They, there was a lot of uh, advertisement or advertisement, as I know sometimes uh, they say overseas, for the, uh, the box set. But there was, you know, and I, I like seeing what, whether it's new music or, you know, this really cool box set, I, I like seeing my band my favorite band out and out and about out in the world rather than just like my little outlet here on podcasts or on forums or on Facebook groups or whatever. I like seeing them out in the world. And it makes me think of, of being here with you. It, it really does. That might sound really corny now that I really think about it. It does sound really lame and corny, but it's uh it's my sincerity. It's my sincerity at all. So that's what my monologue is, is about. So I wanted to mention something I, I spoke about on Twitter. And obviously this, this conversation gets beat to death. Uh, what is Axel doing right now? You know, people get so frustrated and I, I refused, unless I, I get something directly, I refuse to go all in on being angry or hating Axel or T Team Brazil, uh, the Guns N' Roses management. I just, I can't. I've never had any response from them. I, I have to, just like with, uh, honestly, Doug Goldstein. I heard nothing but bad things about him before he came on. Now he's a, he's a friend of the show. He's just so nice. And he calls me, you know, it's not like we, we, we stay, stay up talking about boys and stuff, like, you know, on the phone, you know, braiding each other's hair or whatever. We're both bald, so I don't think that would work. But occasionally he'll we just 
he called me just to BS. And this was a guy I was told shit about. So I always give people, I don't, the benefit of the doubt, because I want to make my own impression. I try not to do anything like that. So I do that. And that relays into me, why I got into this band, why I related to Axl Rose is that whatever is perceived from you, whether it's anger, there's reasons for it. I, I, I've gone, I go to therapy for a reason. I, I suffer from depression for a reason. It could be a multitude of things. It could be, uh, as I you know, joke about at the beginning, uh, but just for making these sound bites, I have a chemical balance. Yeah, that makes creativity, but it also uh, makes me really depressed and I have to go to therapy and take medication and all these other th things. So I think about this when I was formulating who my favorite band was. It wasn't like I sat down with a pen and paper. Oh, they need to have a uh, you know, disease and they need to look cool. No, it's just something that when I learned and, and discovered Guns N' Roses, it's part of what connected, other mainly the sound, but falling in, like, oh, again, I'm sounding cheesy. Just falling for the band, the sound, is, uh, I, I probably spoke about that in the early, early episodes. With Scott, I'll talk about why getting into this band. So that that goes into today. You know, even though Sebastian Bach has said Axl Rose has like three albums worth of of uh, of uh, Chinese democracy, even though our 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 buddy band uh, Rick Dunsford has uh, it's not it's not completely his fault, but he's part of uh, uh, the trust that put out leaked material, proving to us that GNR material does exist even though we, we were not technically supposed to hear it. Uh, so we know it's there, so it gets frustrated. But I just think about, I, I can't help it. It's not an ego thing. It's just, it's a, a human thing. I can't help but think about, what. okay, why isn't Axel putting himself out there? But I'm like, wait a minute, why isn't he tweeting? Other than, you know, occasionally about uh, politics and stuff. Probably maybe for it's for the same reason I don't at times. Or why if I didn't have a podcast, if I wasn't a radio, I probably would be done with social media. People are assholes. People are dicks out there. Look amongst, even though we, uh, we do have a very, uh, a lot of great bad apples here on the AFD show. There are a few bad apples out there that spoil the whole damn bunch, basically. And why subject yourself to that? You know? We were talking to Steven about, you could just... Yeah, you could be a touring legacy act. You could do that, rest on your laurels, and look how successful they are. He doesn't need to, to make new music. He doesn't need to, to tour. He doesn't need to do any of these things. Who are we? I mean, we're his fans, I guess. I think at this point, whatever money we contribute isn't going to make a difference to his life, I guess. Oh, but I, I want to make it clear that you can probably sense the frustration from me talking to Steven where he's just so open and honest about things and, and doesn't want to wait and wants to get this music out to us. Just think about what we heard Chinese democracy. When we heard Chinese democracy, they were allegedly vocals from 1999 on an album that came out in 2008. That's the rumor, I believe. Uh, I wasn't there, so that's why I never want to say uh, with certainty, but that's the rumor out there. I mean, was it because Axel was held up? Does he have other reasons why he doesn't want to put things out there? I don't know. Until he comes on huh, my show, which he's not, uh, Joe Rogan, Howard Stern, he comes out with a book. We're not going to know. Uh, he shows up for concerts now. He's early, if anything. He's back with Slash. This has lasted longer. It took COVID to stop Guns N' Roses. I can't go all in with the hate. Yes, I show frustration, just like there with why I'm doing this monologue. Like my during my conversation with Stephen Pearson, it's like it's so transparent with him, and maybe that's what makes Guns N' Roses Guns N' Roses. They're the the mystery, what what keeps you wondering, uh, the guessing. It's a it's a love hate relationship, but that's well, a lot of our day to day relationships are also love hate. Maybe that's what makes them special. Or are we looking into all of this too deep? I'm sure it's all of the above. And that is my monologue. Monologue.
Thank you for listening. <laughs> and that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Uh, the conversation continues in between episodes. Facebook, facebook.com slash the AFD show. Twitter, at the AFD show. Instagram, Appetite for Distortion. YouTube, follow the Appetite for Distortion podcast on YouTube as well. And merch, new shirts, hoodies, stickers, magnets. There's a lot of things available on Redbubble. Com. Uh, Redbubble, it's a very popular site. They do everything for me, shipping and everything. So I get like a very minuscule percentage of it, but it's not about the money. I just want to, after all these years of doing this podcast, people have been asking me and there are, there are podcasts that don't even have an episode yet to put out merch. It's like, what? Why? Why? So I'd like to think this new logo designed by TNK Studios, uh, G from Iowa's Life, who made that really cool fan-made uh, Izzy Stradlin documentary that he made this awesome new logo for me, and it looks great on a T-shirt. So thank you. I'll, I'll thank uh, personally right now Jason Bork, who's a diehard listener. He's down in Australia. He said he got it in two days. So thank you for buying it, Jason. And even my brother, Logan, bought one. I didn't know that. I actually just got excited. I'm like, oh, somebody bought a, a sweatshirt. I'm like, yay. And the next thing, my brother sends me a picture with him in a sweatshirt. I'm like, oh, you bought it? Like, I would have bought it for you. <laughs> Hanukkah's coming up, I think, or something like that. So, uh, but thank you, because he, he, my family supports on my podcast, too, which is uh, really, really nice. So, uh, the conversation continues on social media. Who will the next guest be? Uh, what will you hear? When will you hear it? Well, in the words of uh, Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know, if, as soon as the word. security, I'm going home.